0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 22 of the Switchaboo podcast. I'll be your host, my name is Alex Harding. and Today I'm joined by my co-host Nathan Rudge. Hello, hello. And the cynical guy, Jake Mouncy.
1: Oh, this is going to be an interesting one for me, isn't
0: it? Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely get to that. It's, yeah, definitely something you want to talk about, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but we got a big news heavy, well, kind of news heavy, but we've the uh, Nintendo, the company, they just had their fiscal meeting, so we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, yeah. A lot of interesting yeah, it's mainly stats.
1: numbers, yeah. It's mainly numbers news. Yes, yeah, which it's is amazing. always interesting,
0: though. Oh, for sure. And there's going to be there's a there's a few surprising tidbits from then. Um, obviously, shareholders they have questions, so there's um, some interesting stuff there as well. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, Jake, I reckon we'll have you last. I reckon just because, like you said, smart. you do. Yeah, smart. Do... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do have a bit to say, uh, Nathan? Do you want to go up first?
2: Okay, I'll start off with my uh, Nintendo fact. Yes. So, because it's relevant, uh, I'm going to do a Mario Party one. You and your relevancy. Yeah, I mean, try and keep it relevant to what's out. Yeah, it works. Yeah. So, um, in Mario Party Five, um, the actual main part of the um, like. Your menu options and what each uh, mode was on was actually the Star Spirits from Paper Mario.
0: Ah.
2: So you got, you know, your Elder Star and all that, like there, your options, your party mode, your minigame mode and all that. That's all the Star Spirits from Paper Mario.
0: That's cool. You... That is cool. I think I've only played five, like, once, maybe. Um, but is that... Did that, that would have come out before thousand year door, wouldn't it? Yes.
2: Okay. Yeah. It would have been the second year of the
0: GameCube because, you know, Mario Party came out yearly back then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They were pumping them out back then. Yep. Um GameCube had four, I think. It had four to eight. No, four
2: to seven. Four, to seven. four to eight seven. Eight
0: was on the Wii. That's right. That's right. Oh, so many Mario Party games.
2: <laughs> but um, the only other one was um, Mario Party 3 and Super Mario Party are the only Mario Party games without a Bowser-themed board. Ah. So each other one has a Bowser-themed board.
0: Okay. Yeah, I never really thought about that. I just like the... I, I love the Bowser-themed world in the first Mario Party. They're all just good, yeah. But I th- I feel like the first one because I think they were still establishing. Then I find in the Nintendo sixty four area they were still kind of establishing characters, and but they just started to cement, like um, you know, characteristics of those characters. I mean, um, this where Mario
2: first had his voice, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah, so I feel like. It was still a bit, it was Bowser, but it was still like its own thing as well. It was kind of unique. So That's also why I think Peach got the name
2: Peach in uh, Mario 64.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because she yeah, was always
2: there's... known as Princess Toadstool. And then at the end, you go, yeah. Peach.
0: Was it that or Super Mario RPG? Or was she, was she Princess Toadstool in that? I can't remember. Yeah, it's been so I long. never played that because you know, it never came here. <laughs> it's pretty good. I played it on the uh, Super Nintendo Classic, the mini one. Ah, uh, yep. Because it's on there. Um, it's pretty good. It holds up. It's it's primitive, you know, in comparison to the, like the Paper Mario games and like the timing of the actions. It's a lot better in Paper Mario, but it's still good. It holds up.
2: It's It's one worth looking at.
0: Yeah, it's it's got like the three D graphics akin to donkey kong like those yeah, when they were trying 2.5d yeah, yeah and it's it's a bit jarring
2: but moving on to what i've played uh i'm gonna start with mario party superstars you now, enjoying it you've also played it alex yes this is just nostalgia pretty much they're like, they're leaning real heavily into it like the main menu being like the main menu from mario party one yeah. The warp pipe in the middle. Even the buildings looking the exact same and all that. Yeah. Like, it is just... They've leaned heavily into it. And, like, I was, and the fact you can access the minigame straight away is great. Yeah. Like, I was just going through the minigames like, oh, I remember this one. This was so much fun and all this is like... <laughs> <clears throat> and I uh, played a four-player round. It was like, that was fun.
0: Yeah, it's... It's good as well when you go when you're going into the different maps, you can choose what mini games like what minigame yes. packs
2: you want? Yes. Like the fact you can go, Oh, I want family friendly ones, like yeah, you know, ones that are good for kids, or you want all of them, or the score based ones and
1: it's so a really mean, great way to do it. Does that mean you can like uh cut out all the ones that force you to use the uh the stick? I'm going to say you know the one no, yeah the the no, infamous no. ones that would cause injuries mm, I don't think so there is only two of them in this one I think yeah because I know the tug of war one yes, is there which is <laughs> you know the 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 biggest you know like the biggest complaint was that was the one that it's mainly you Actually know, not that hard d- to, to do the with the joystick
2: like the Joy-Con
1: though because you can just use your thumb to twirl it says don't
2: use your palm it's actually better to just <laughs> use your th- like thumb
0: yeah it's it's more achievable with the thumb where like back in the n64 you could not do it with your thumb you had to use your palm yeah. Whereas yeah. that
1: that and the way that the jo- uh the joystick was shaped the uh the rings on the top that did not help things either
0: no it did no. not. whereas now you can do it with just the the thumb but like for for myself where i'm so it's used so to, hard using my to palm, not do it <laughs> Yeah, so I've been doing it, because of course I have been, and it's just so easy. Like, tug-of-war, I win every single time with ease, because it's designed to be able to just use your thumb. So now I use my palm, and I'm going super fast, and it's just like, yeah, I just win in like five seconds. Yeah.
2: It's it's still fun, though.
0: Oh, yeah. And like you said, it's a huge nostalgia trip. Also, chance time. Yeah, that being back, yeah, that got me. That hurts, that hurts. (laughs) stole my star
2: <laughs> One one thing of note um that i found like feels somewhat game-breaking is the double coin values on mini games yeah so yeah. occasionally you'll go oh this round's worth double coins i had a situation where we played a coin mini game yeah oh no <laughs> and i got 36 coins that got doubled to 72. <laughs> love it. So I went from like, you know, 30 coins up to 100. I was like,
0: cool. Was that castaways?
2: I don't think it was castaways. I love castaways. I can't remember what one. It does feel a bit harder to use castaways on this one though.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's just because we're so used to the like the You fling the it timing. back and then push it, and
2: then, but like, it feels
0: so much harder to just... I don't
2: know, it feels so much harder on this one compared to the N sixty four.
0: Yeah. I think it's just we're so used to the way it felt on the original. Yeah. Where so now you, it's you like just different... lean
2: it back a tiniest bit to let go. It's like, yep. oh no. Yeah, and you lean forward. Pull it and back like, oh. and then push it forwards. Pull it back, <laughs> push it forwards at the right time. It's like, no, you gotta do tiny bit movement. It's like, oh <laughs> But overall, really, really well done. Mm i'm i'm happy with it like that's just incredibly well done and hopefully what i'm hoping for is uh dlc packs with more boards and mini games
0: yeah that would be cool i would like to see that it's it's very much a nostalgia trip but it's i i like the fact that i don't have to use the joy cons and it's not relying on uh, motion controls i i'm i'm not one of those people who hate motion controls i don't i I quite like motion controls when it's done right, but I like that this one, because we already have Super Mario Party, that's reliant on motion controls mostly. I like that we have...
2: Exclusively.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I like that we have one that is motion control heavy and one that is without motion controls. It's got that variety now.
2: And being able to use a pro controller.
0: Yes. Yeah, actually a proper controller when you're doing it, which is great.
2: Which helps. Especially when you're doing uh, the snow trick one where you're doing the circles... Where you have to try and get the, the most revolutions you possibly could. Which one, sorry? Where you're on the snowboard and you'd like jump off, off of the ramp and you have to like spin around in a circle. I don't think I played that one. That was from Mario Party 6, I'm pretty sure. Okay. But yeah, you basically have to like press A, B, X, Y, or A, B, Y, X in that round and just keep going round and round and round. So oh, okay. Basically see if you can press it as fast as possible.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I've got to be honest, every time I play, i normally pick N64 pack. Fair, fair. (laughs) Because that's what I know. But the GameCube ones have some of the best games. Yeah, I I do know that. It's just, it's just nostalgia for me. Yeah. Because I I didn't really play the GameCube ones, which I know I missed out because I know that they are great. And the online modes are actually really well done. Yeah, that's, yeah, this one's so starting from that late update with super mario party but now this one has online as well which is really good to see
2: like you can do um like say two people on your couch with uh, two people online
0: yeah that works really well rather yeah. than playing against computers exactly and they can be dumb those computers although it feels
2: although harder if now. you put them on hard or master they're really good
0: yeah i've noticed that
2: master like, is really really good
0: like I was recording gameplay footage, and I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing on normal mode, and I'm not even winning."
2: Yeah, no, the normal like PCs are actually relatively good this time. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've talked about Mario Party enough. I'm gonna move <laughs> on because we have a lot to cover this episode. Yeah, we do. Uh, Tunche, mm. I haven't had a lot of time to like delve deep into it, but it's relatively good not exactly how i thought it would go though so it has like a um, like a score ranking system where you've got to try and get up to like you know up to triple s you know as stylish as possible
1: right 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 devil may cry style
2: yeah Mm. um you know side scroll beat them up but like you're just doing screens so it's like you know very generic screens as you go okay and then it has similar so It's a side-scroll beat-em-up with the Hades-like style of, like, you do a room, pick what side you go occasionally to get, you know, a certain pickup. Like, you know, oh, you get more XP here, or you get more coins here. Mm -hmm. And then you also have other stuff. But yeah, it's like a mix of, like, a few things, but it's kind of different from what I was thinking, but it's actually not too bad. Minus the fact that character progress is separate. So if you're doing it solo it's a lot harder to like pick up oh interesting yeah so like you know if you want to pick a character that you're good at you kind of have to go oh i want to unlock these moves first but it takes a while to unlock these moves so like it takes a while to get like into the game if you're doing it so it's definitely something you want four people with it seems like a bit of an oversight it It's not too bad, but like, yeah, resources are tied to specific characters. So if you get, you know, your blue orbs, that's specifically for that character. Yeah, okay. Which I was like, oh, that makes it a lot harder. Hmm. But yeah, other than that, it's not that bad. Like, it's definitely worth looking into, especially if you're into, like, you know, your side-score beat-em-ups. Kind of roguelite as well, with you know, you die, you upgrade, and you come back and try again. Okay. Yeah.
0: It's interesting for a beat-em-up.
2: Yeah. Kind of Beat 'em up genre. Yeah, it's got that roguelite where you unlock your moves um with your upgrades.
0: Cool. That's really yeah. good. And so you're working on the review for that one, aren't you? Yes. Yes, so. Nice.
2: I'll work, get on to that once I have
0: time because <laughs>
2: <laughs> work is a thing at the moment.
1: Yeah, your schedule thing. has been hectic.
2: Yeah, yeah. when I'm doing 12-13 hour days. Yeah, that's it's rough. Long. It's
0: long. <laughs> Yeah, coming after Christmas time, both of our jobs—it's not—it's not a good time for it, that's for sure.
2: No, not at all. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> but the other thing I've
2: started to play is a Wilder Myth, so I, I'm pretty sure this isn't on the Switch.
0: Yeah, I haven't heard of this one.
2: So it's kind of uh, like a um a tactics like a turn-based tactics D and D style game, but like everything's paper craft. Oh, cool! And so, like, you have your your. Uh, your magician, your warrior, and your ranger. And yeah, it's... And then there's also like each character you can make them based on certain personality types. So you can get three out of a list of I think like 20 types of personalities and mix them up. Comes up with backstories often based on what personality types you get. And then you can... Party members can be, you know, they can be rivals or they can be friendly or they can, you know, have romance options and then they can have kids and you then play as their kids. Like it follows... You know, a timeline thing.
1: Right. Yeah. It's oh yeah, yeah. I'm looking this up now. Same. Like I, I remember seeing this months ago. It's like, oh yeah, I might pick that up, and unfortunately, just must have forgotten about it. So yeah, it was. Glad you reminded me of it. It was on special when Steam had the RPG sale
2: on, yeah, so I thought I'd pick be. it up. And yeah, so it's, it's genuinely pretty fun.
0: Yeah, it's got 87 on Metacritic, which is really good. Um, I actually looked up as well, is it coming to Switch? Uh, Two years ago, the developer said it's written in a custom engine, so it's not going to be an easy port. Yeah.
2: Mm. The way it works as well, it's definitely better mouse, like using your mouse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you click on things specific instead of moving the mouse, like the keyboard. It
1: it looks like the UA was specifically built to be a PC game. Oh,
2: yeah, it's definitely better PC-wise, but it's, again... Definitely is something worth looking at, especially if you're into you know building characters and tactics, which is definitely something Jake's into. Mm-hmm. I sure am. One for the one for the Steam Deck. Yes, yeah, maybe because <laughs> again, mouse would definitely be better with you know more precise movements of yeah, where you want to move.
0: I think the Steam Deck has like a like a mouse pad kind of thing on that it. That might It might work a little bit better with that, but, you know, remains to be seen, I suppose. But, yeah, that's me this week on Fortnite. (laughs) Um, So I I can move on to mine. So first one was the Gardener and the Wild Vines. We got this one randomly from the developer. They sent us the code. And normally when I do that, I put it in the group chat uh, for everyone to, you know, see if anyone wants it. But this one actually, it really caught my eye. Um, And it's got like a... It's a 2D platformer but with Nintendo 64 style 3D polygons. Um and the idea is that you you're a, you're a gardener and you can uh you can like attack with your with your shears, like your big scissors um and to sprout more vines to climb up the tower. And it's got it's got a really good like really surprisingly good story to it and some really good characterization and the comedic timing is really good it's like on point it's it's fantastic um not too much more i can say about that check out the review i gave it nine out of ten i'm pretty sure it's we're we're working on our game of the year stuff at the moment and i put it down for one of the best hidden gems on switch i reckon if you like 2d platformers and certainly quite difficult the main problem i had with it which i put in my bad section was that once the towers get a bit more complicated you go from one tower to the next. Like, um, so rather than it just being one tower, you're constantly changing and then you kind of got to go back and whatnot. But there's a lack of indicators sometimes and then it gets a bit confusing and then you don't, like, you kind of get lost with uh, it. Yeah. So that's probably the only, only negative thing. That and the music is very repetitive at the start, but it does mix itself up eventually. But aside from that, the game is really, really good for 2D platformers. Repetitive and very... music can break a game it can it can and it was like it was like um because it's the first world it was very uh overly happy yeah which can you know it's it's great at first but then like after 20 minutes you just feel like banging your head against the wall it's just especially when
2: you're learning the game at that point
0: yeah yeah Uh, or or for example you're writing a review and you start writing stuff and it's just playing on in the background, <laughs> It's just over and over. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go back to the home menu and stop that music because, my god, it's very frustrating. The the other one, uh, 3D platformer Demon Turf. I we mentioned this in the last podcast episode. We we're talking about it, and funnily enough, I was actually playing it at the time, but I couldn't say anything for embargo reasons. But um, I did mention that the the odd the odd juxtaposition of the 2D 2d sprites with the 3d platformer um we were saying how that might be a bit tricky i can confirm yeah it is it is definitely tricky and surprise yeah yeah (laughs) It, it does help because there's a circle like there's a circle to indicate on the bottom like it does help in that kind of aspect so it does give you the illusion of a 3d Model, but it it doesn't help. Like it doesn't help as it doesn't fix the issues. Is what I'm trying to say, it doesn't fix that. And the combat is it feels so flat. And like there's there's one and uh, there's like Z targeting. There's no there's no proper Z targeting as well. And sometimes you have to use a hook shot to like to, to take off someone's armor or take away their shield or something. But you'll f- and when you do it, the camera goes all weird. It's yeah, it's it's not it's not amazing there's it falls into a lot of traps 3D platformers generally do but it does it with that 2D juxtaposition as well which just doesn't help which, which is unfortunate. a bit it, yeah it's a bit it's a bit of a shame um obviously published by Playtonic as well i don't know i thought they'd have a bit more i mean it's not developed by them but i thought they might have been able to assist a little bit in that aspect but no apparently not but that's just my take on it. I gave it five out of 10, but I've been seeing eights and nines as well. So don't take my word as gospel in that. Some people might enjoy it, but for me personally, it, yeah, it, as someone who's been playing 3d platformers for many, many years, it just didn't um, gel with me personally. But the last one I've been playing is unpacking. This is on switch, but I have been playing it cause it's on game pass. I've been playing it on Xbox and this this is just a very cute and wholesome game it's basically your you play as this character there's no dialogue whatsoever uh, you play as this character and I think you start in like the year 1998 or 2000 or something and you're a you're a child and you move you move into you know you've got your bedroom and you've got all your toys and everything and then once you unpack everything you move on to the next level so it's kind of like Tetris in a way you've got a um. In, in the in the aspect, like you have to position things in a certain way, and I thought like there's no challenge to this. It's I'm just putting things, taking things out of a box. But it does get more difficult once you know she moves out and you're in this, you know, you're in a bigger room or you're in a um, you're in a university dorm room, like a college dorm room, and you, you know it's very tight, not much space, but you still got a lot of stuff, and you've got a, this computer that you have to put that you have to set up and everything. It's it sounds. It doesn't sound like fun now that I'm now that I'm describing it, <laughs> but it's but good. it is pretty. It's very. i also relaxing. heard
2: the, uh, the quote unquote boyfriend in the game
0: is really bad, like with
2: how much stuff he has or something like
0: that. Uh yeah, yeah. I actually did that this morning. Um, where, yeah, you set up this, you set up this, um, your new house that you move into. And then, cause I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm in a later level, but like, there's actually a lot of room. That's actually not that difficult. So, so I put, you know, I finished that level and then the next level is, yeah, her partner moving in and it's just like, oh, okay. So now everything where I put, I now have to put more stuff and he has all these plants and, um, I'm not sure if it's a he or she, it doesn't matter either way. Um, but like, yeah, um, you've got all these different plants and everything. And yes, they've just got all these different ornaments and they've got, they they seem like a hoarder, like from from the looks of it, so there's a lot of little stuff Just and random knickknacks and stuff that they yeah. don't need. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's quite cute as well because in the original, like when you're when you're a child you unpack a Game Boy. I was like, Oh, that's that's pretty cute. And then in the next one, she has a Game Boy Advance. And then you got the Game Boy Advance games, and it's like, okay, and then she's got a GameCube, and then, you know, three levels later she has a three D S and a Wii so like she, she continues to upgrade and, um, but then I suppose without spoilers and whatnot, she, like she ends up moving back in, back to her home, but uh, stuff, stuff happens and yeah, yeah. But it's all done without dialogue and it's, I don't know, it's, it creates a level of nostalgia, which is both personal and fo- like personal and relating to that character. Cause you can kind of see her, her grow up and she always has like a stuffed pig like, it's like a toy, like a teddy bear toy. It's a pig and it's in every single level. Like, so she takes it with her wherever she goes and it's, I don't know. It's Aww. So yeah, you're going through the boxes and you're like, oh, there's the pig. You pick Especially out the pig. Especially for
2: it's, someone who's just recently moved.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Maybe, um, it, as someone, as someone who has moved like five times in the last two years, it's, it gave me kind of, um, flashbacks, like a, a bit of trauma, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's all I've been playing. Uh, Jake, go for it.
1: All right. So what one do you want me to start off with? I'd say start off with the one that you were
2: meant to do last week.
1: <laughs> all right. The, <laughs> the shortest one. Okay. Uh, I was actually, yeah. I, I was. I actually wanted to talk about this like two, three weeks ago, but like, not three weeks ago. Uh, before, episodes before ago. ago. Yeah. Because, yeah, um, uh, but yeah, that was one of those weeks where I had like a million things I was playing. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I probably shouldn't. And then, yeah, the next episode, Alex is like, three games, that's it. These <laughs> podcasts are going too long. <laughs> so I had to move it to here. Uh, I have been playing Chocobo Racing for the PS1. So, yeah, like, the main reason being is, like, my two main things is, like, I grew up with a PS1, while, you know, pretty much everyone else here was, like, the Nintendo kids. Mm. And uh, I, like, my main genre of choice was kart races but i somehow missed chocobo racing that and you know chocobo gp is coming out next year so i wanted to get like some kind of you know prior experience to see if it's anything you know like that game chocobo racing is fun it's very basic but it does have some gimmicks that I believe are going to be in Chocobo GP, and I hope they get toned down like crazy. <laughs> Cause um each character has their own, like, unique ability. Like Chocobo has like a dash, like the, the these abilities are on like a timed cooldown. So after a while, like Chocobo gets like a free speed up dash thing. Uh the Moogle can fly over hazardous uh parts of the track, things like that. Like they're all kinda like Meh, who cares? Except for two. You got the black mage who instantly upgrades a spell, which the spells are the uh you know, the items, like red shell, green shell, that thing, but it's like fire, blizzard, thunder, that kind of thing. Yeah. But like the cooldown is like eight seconds. Like something ridiculously short. So If you're racing as Black Mage, you're constantly spamming out, like, the strongest, like, high-tier spells, which affect every racer on the track, which is overpowered as hell. Yeah. Yeah, but there is a direct counter to that, which is the Goblin's Mug, which lets you steal a random spell from a random racer. Thing is, that's what it says, but... (laughs) It's clearly coded to steal the highest tier spell in play. So it is a direct counter to that. So that is technically the strongest one. And it just becomes this weird thing of like I gotta use this I gotta use this spell now before it gets upgraded so whoever is playing as a goblin doesn't steal it from me and bite me in the butt and it's it it it's kind of a mess. Like it's fun but it's kind of a mess mm,
0: okay <laughs> yeah. something that something that like because i suppose ps1 kart races it was still kind of new so that might be something that kind of gets balanced a little bit better in the new one
1: yeah yeah because like, I, I i've seen from the trailer that i believe those things are still there but uh, like, yeah yeah hopefully yeah hopefully they get toned down usually the second release the they. they balance it out a lot more yeah yeah and you know it seems like they've replaced a lot of those characters because like it, it was early days of final fantasy there weren't like hmm. cemented characters outside of like moogle and chocobo so like all the other uh races were like outside of white mage and black mage it was like golem behemoth goblin it's just like random enemies yeah <laughs> So yeah, like now that they're changing it to like actual characters, like I've seen Steiner from Final Fantasy IX, uh, Gilgamesh. Uh, I think there was like other characters. Like yeah, there's two different types of chocobos now. So like yeah, that might switch things around and stuff. But what about Cobalt number three? <laughs> think of what, his family. What about kobold? <laughs> He's
2: just just trying to keep a job, man. He yeah, that's have it.
1: But yeah, yeah, like not, not, not much to talk about with Chocobo Racing. While I did enjoy my time, it is a very short game. I hope Chocobo GP improves on my little gripes I have with it. Hmm. Uh, next up, uh, I have been checking out Darkest Dungeon 2, now that that's out in um, early access. Didn't know um, there's a sequel. Yeah, it is... Um, I, people who watch my streams will know I'm currently playing through a modded Darkest Dungeon 1 playthrough at the moment and i i love me the original darkest dungeon that game is fantastic i've put in like really close to 400 hours on that (laughs) according to steam god damn but uh yeah yeah i i love that uh seeing darkest dungeon 2 is interesting because like the visuals are amazing like the voice acting is still incredible shout out to wayne jude he makes darkest dungeon um uh just yeah the general improvements to the uh the combat is fantastic uh <laughs> the inclusion of enemies being able to uh use the death door function which lets them you know still live on zero hp uh terrifies me <laughs> i don't like the game
0: That's that is a mama.
1: yeah it's really sad because like The thing with Darkest Dungeon 2 is, because of its context, it is, like, following up immediately after Darkest Dungeon 1. So, the whole plot is, like, they are escaping the Hamlet. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. they're they're on a stagecoach and they are leaving, so it's like a road trip. And that means there's no dungeons in Darkest Dungeon. Until you get to the Darkest Dungeon. So how they've made it is, like, they've made it, like, uh, Slay the Spire. So, like, you start off from a point which branch, uh, branches off and, like, each, like, branch has, like, um, you can go out and help refugees, you can uh, fight people uh, on the road here, you can find something, and yada, 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 and it's just, like, yeah, it's cool, but, like, It really does feel like Darkest Dungeon 2 has gotten rid of the whole reason why I enjoyed the original. Yeah, right. And just replaced it with something else, because, like, they they did say they didn't want Darkest Dungeon 2 to completely eclipse the original. They wanted people to, you know, play them for different reasons, and yeah, I get that. It's just, like, I enjoy yeah yeah it's quite a departure like i enjoy both darkest dungeon and slay of the spire but when they are merged together in this situation they just don't work well
0: yeah in okay. my opinion
1: because like are you like an average darkest dungeon run can go about 15 to 20 hours like just building up like your team making sure it's like they're healthy they're sane they have good quirks and no bad quirks and you know just having luck on your side and all that when you finally assault the darkest dungeon but darkest dungeon 2 since it's you know slay the spire style it's like it goes with like the roguelike uh style of gameplay where like you're supposed to just play like one to two hour runs over and over and over and over and over and over over again yeah right and that just doesn't feel like darkest dungeon to me Mm, that's a bummer yeah like it's a real shame because it's fantastic like everything outside of that is fantastic red hook have done an amazing job i want to like this game but i can't (laughs) it's oh it is a massive bummer so it's good for like, the kind of person who likes roguelikes. Yeah, yeah. It is good for them. And I'm happy for those people that they get another game to enjoy. But for me, I'll just stick to the original. I like oh. robots. Yeah, they're good. You, 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 <laughs> might, like, you might like this if you're into, <laughs> you know, despair. <laughs> and Cthulian mythos. Yeah. Like what i love in uh darkest dungeon 2 though is like when you uh it's like how it works it's like when you finish a run you gain like meta progression so like your account gains like a certain amount of levels which uh unlocks new characters to use new uh trinkets you can find and stuff like that but it also unlocks new like negative quirks and diseases you can find so it's like yay i've unlocked leprosy <laughs> it's weird it's weird. very counterintuitive yeah yeah it, it just it feels weird but like you get it you get it <laughs> oh but now the main thing all right lay it on us all right so <clears throat> alex i do not envy your job of having to send this to the publishers but um I have been playing Voice of Cards The Isle Dragon Roars. This is a game I'm currently working on uh, uh, for a review. I was told to, you know, talk about my first impressions, but uh, since I have recently got my f- first vaccine shot, uh, I have been, you know, just holed up at home, so I managed to finish the whole thing. It is fine. That's, it is just, it's, it's a fine game. It is perfectly cromulent. It is. (laughs) Great use of the word, by the way. (laughs) It is. Like, it's perfectly fine. But the thing is, every time I look back on it, all I can think of is just gripes. Just things that rub me the wrong way about it. Like, it doesn't do anything exceptional, but it also doesn't do anything catastrophic. It's just... Meh. It's just pretty meh. But what gets me is... I probably would have, like, you know, been more favourable to this game if it wasn't for this game's marketing. So if you remember uh, the original reveal, uh, the trailer wouldn't stop talking about this game being like the next big thing from legendary director yoko taro so you know mr Drakengard and and near automata himself so yeah yeah, there's that and it was also saying it's like it'll change how you view uh rpgs so i'm like okay it's a yoko taro game where he's going to deconstruct the idea of an rpg got it all right let's strap myself in for this weirdness None of that happens mm. absolutely so al- none of it happens.
0: It's almost kind of like a um an oversell sounds yeah. Like. yeah
1: yeah, yeah one hundred percent it feels like they just slapped his name on it just for just to pump up sales.
0: Okay. so what do you find mediocre about it?
1: Oh, mainly the story right. <laughs> like, yeah the, the the story is pretty mediocre. Because, okay. like, um, well, like I said before, when uh, with Yoko Taro's name on it, I expected something, you know, profound. Yeah, is that's his whole, that's his whole thing. He likes to make people think about like basic concepts and then like flip them on its head. And okay. yeah, and when I yeah when I saw um yeah when I got through like the main like intro of the game. Like, the main plot is like, uh, royal knights have charged you to fight this dragon. Go fight the dragon. It's like, okay. Knowing sure. how, y- yeah, knowing how Yoko Taro works, he's probably gonna be like, dragon's the good guy, the knights are evil. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like, that's it. I'm like, wow, really? That's the, that's the big twist. That's the big twist. Like mm. every, like, I'm, I'm going to talk about this as if it's like a tabletop because it's presented like it's a tabletop. 100%. It, yeah, it feels <clears throat> like, you know, someone got really excited to DM for the first time and they had like this really cool new idea without realizing that, everyone has done that before <laughs> it leans into the tropes too much without realizing it yeah yeah it is it is quite and quite you can kind of see that in the demo yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah when, when the demo first came out i was talking and uh, talking about it in like our discord it's like boy i really hope this doesn't end up just being a very generic rpg and it ended up being a very generic rpg yeah um like it's it's good. Like yeah, it's good. It is perfectly serviceable. It is fine. It's just like I said, it does nothing spectacular but nothing catastrophic. I like to
2: like my comparison to it is it's like Bravely Default 2, in that Bravely Default 2 is good. It's yeah. definitely it's definitely good, but it's not great. There's nothing memorable about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been done. Yes. Yeah, it, so like, it, it, it if you
2: want different. a solid RPG with like, you know, a tabletop-like feel to it, dive into it.
1: Yeah, like, the, the aesthetic's cool. Oh, the just, aesthetic is with, really cool. Yeah, just really wish it didn't slow down the game though. Minus the fact that you have to go like, oh, oh I missed a card, go, go this way. Yeah, yeah, traversing the world is really slow because you've got to move like your little player piece over each separate card. And, like, every five cards is, like, a new fight or, like, an event. And it just slows everything down to a crawl. Which is really weird because, like, the game itself, I beat it in ten hours.
0: Okay. It is is really short, too.
2: Something that happens if you do a second playthrough, like New Game Plus.
1: Uh, Like, I don't want to spoil stuff. They kind of hint at that, maybe. But, like, you have to play through the thing and collect certain items. Oh. Yeah, it's like, collect ten of these MacGuffins, and my first playthrough I managed to find eight of them. So it's like, I could go back and do that, but do I really want her?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the crux, the core of the gameplay is not enticing enough, or the no. story is not enticing enough to do things no, like that. No, not really.
1: Like, and there's. It's there, probably there, something there was, I would do. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, if, I, I probably would have if I had the time, but I got to review SMT5 next yes, week. Yes, that's the other <laughs> that, <is>, Yeah. As <laughs> a review,
2: it, it's a bit hard to dive deep into a game like this. Especially yeah,
1: when yeah. SMT5 is coming out next week and you're doing that. <laughs> exactly, and that's Good going luck. to take me like a hundred and something hours. like Minimum. Yeah, yeah. Like One thing that also kind of annoyed me is you know the whole voice of the cards function. So the whole thing is narrated by a game master. So there's one voice, one voice only in the entire game. He sounds bored. Yeah. The entire time. He the, sounds uh, so bored. I noticed that when you get into combat, it's like, and fight. And fight. Wow. That was lucky when you get a crit. Like, <laughs> like, it, it it annoys me because I, I'm blanking on his name, but I know he's a good voice actor. He's the voice of Death the Kid from, uh, uh isn't that from, from Soul Norma? Leader. Like, yeah. Yeah, so he's Death the Kid from Soul Leader. He's uh, Sho from Persona 4 Ultimax. And Todd Havercorn. Yeah, and of course, I'm going to bring this up because I'm the only person who knows Battleborn exists. But he was Bolder from Battleborn. (laughs) Like, the giant wood dwarf. (laughs) But, like, so, like, I know he's a good voice actor. So, like, clearly it's, like, a voice direction thing. 100%. Yeah, yeah, because like. You can tell it's even written that way. Yeah, yeah. And like a good example is like a random event will show up and be like, as you are walking down the road, you feel something fly right past your ears at breakneck speed. What was that? Melanie says in shock. You look down and pick up the item and continue on your way. And that'll happen like five, maybe six times in an hour. It's kind of like a first person's, um, like, D&D, like, DM. Yeah, like, yeah. They're kind like, of, like, awkward about it. Yeah, yeah, and he doesn't, like, he doesn't emote. He doesn't, uh, like, give voices for the characters that he's making. Like, and they try to, um, like, they try to humanize him a bit, but there's, like, not enough. They Like, they try to make him his own character, because in, um... Very early on in the game, you will meet a character with a ridiculously difficult to pronounce name, and it will take the game master like two or three tries to actually get the name right. It's like, oh, hmm. that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. But that never happens again. So like, they they wanted to, to make him a character, but they, outside of this one thing, they didn't do anything with it.
0: Kind of seems like it's it's something that they probably had a lot of ideas for, but maybe, you know, Square Enix being a big company, it was, it was kind of like it was kind of rushed to completion, so we didn't get to do all that he wanted The to
2: animation's play. really good, though. Like, yeah, the, the, animations,
0: yeah the, the, the animations are fun,
1: but, like, when, whenever you're, like, near the end of the game, like, you're hours in, you're like me, it's like, all right, I know exactly where this is going, let's just speed this along the animations just get in the way and there's no way to turn them off. Ah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this this was clearly a game that they had a lot of ideas for, but not enough, like, time or money or whatever to actually, you know, fulfill them.
0: Well, like Square Enix just didn't want to give them the, the time and money.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, it's good, but given the context, it is very disappointing. I do like, yeah. like, the crits. Like when you get a crit, and like the animations and those. Oh, like... the. Let me talk about the crits for a second. Did you notice how ridiculously often you would crit? Yes. So, after a while, I'm like, okay, this is this is out of hand. I'm going to calculate this. <laughs> I actually went out of my way to calculate the uh, the crit chance. So, like it's it's very basic i only did like the first like 100 attacks uh instead of like going for like a higher you know more robust uh sample size but like from my findings the crit chance is anywhere between like 25 to 30 percent oof yeah it makes fights a cakewalk it does yeah (laughs)
2: But, like, I I, I do like, was it the wind one, and where the card actually gets lifted up and then slammed
0: back down? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I want to go on a... It might seem like a tangent at first, but I want to bring it back. But, like, this is kind of the reason why I've been very disheartened by a lot of bigger AAA companies, like the ones that we all know about. You know, your Square Enix, your, um, uh, well, EA... You know, that's an obvious one. Blizzard for obvious reasons as well. Yeah. But like going to these kind of companies, I've been very disappointed recently with it seems like it's it's always it's always been about money. Companies are always always about money. They're business. You know, that's you have to please investors and whatnot. Yeah, but exactly. Recently it's it's things like this where it's something that you really expect for them to know a lot about and you know, they're experts and this is where these kind of things originally came from they're the masters of this kind of stuff and yet we're getting games that are just meh and exactly the thing is they're paying they're they're charging premium prices for these average experiences but then on the other side and this is you know i'm i'm known probably here as the indie guy but i i've been really appreciating indie developers recently um or in the past couple years especially doing this you know doing this work and i've really come to appreciate the thought and the the effort and you know taking those ideas that were established and doing new things that the developers you know those bigger companies should be doing but it feels like they're trying to play it too safe so yeah my
1: god like Like, this is
0: Mm? yeah yeah like this is
1: a turn based rpg made like published by square enix written by yoko taro you expect this to be more than like a five
0: yeah. Exactly. And um I've mentioned this game a few times on different episodes, but I want to bring up Broken Roads. It's this this game is like um I've I've mentioned it before, but it's basically full out Australia in a post-apocalyptic Australia. Um but these these guys from the very mm. beginning they had a clear vision and they they're implementing what's called the morality Oh, I can't can't quite remember what it's called like, oh the moral compass is what they're calling it the moral compass and basically all of your decisions have you lean towards four different like between one or four different trains of philosophical thoughts and philosophical um followings so if you uh like for example you're depending on every single reaction that you make every single Uh, response leans you more towards like nihilism and then more and more of your uh more and more of your choices moving forward would be focused towards nihilism and it's it's creating it's taking what has been established in these past you know behemoth of games in and way back from when and they're not just playing it safe they're trying to do something more and i feel like those like indie developers are more willing to take risks one because there's they're Not a massive company, so they don't have to appeal to shareholders and all that kind of stuff. But two, they have to do that; those kind of things. One, because they want to; they probably want to, but also to stand out. So they need, because you know, indie games can be a drop in the bucket. A a game can release on Steam and it can do nothing, but they have Hmm. to have something unique to them themselves. But it also comes from a place of passion as well. Where, and going back to like Voice of Cards, I feel like. They they need to market it towards you know the fact that this is something new and something something original. But at the end of the day, it still played it safe. Mm. So it's a uh,
2: utilitarianism, nihilism, Machiavellianism, and humanism are the yeah,
1: four yeah. moral uh, philosophies that they're doing. Which that sounds like a way better
0: option than you know just. Good mm. or evil, karma, or chaotic, and that's been before. done before. Yeah. Like back from you yeah. know, you can you can think of that back from Lord of the Rings and and Tolkien. It's like it's the good versus evil thing. Yeah, it works, but it's been done. It's also old ser- fantasy, modern fantasy is exactly. gone beyond that at this point. Exactly, it's more humanized. Yes. So that was what what we've been playing.
1: Ooh. That was fifty minutes. <laughs> God that was uh yeah that that was a long one. No, it was good.
0: It was solid that was, 50
1: minutes. I apologize but I had it to get that out. Exactly. <laughs> it was constructive.
0: Exactly. It came from a place of like honesty, like more more so than anything. It was yeah. more that was that was a review in itself. So
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like like I said before this, like I don't want to spoil my review because I'm still writing it, but I'm most likely going to
0: because I like to ramble. Honestly, just listen, when you're writing a review, just listen to that. Yeah. And, like, you've just dotted down all your points right there. Yeah. Like, I've
1: got more. I can still talk <laughs> about it. I still have more things I want to complain about, but they're more, like, tiny gripes of, like, just how the game functions. Let's move on to the news, <laughs> shall we?
0: <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> but before that... But before that, yes, thank you, Nathan. Um, So... We, we have a Patreon, um, so for $1 per month, uh, you can get this podcast two to three days early. We would really appreciate it as it all goes towards going, uh, going towards the website, paying our writers and keep everything running and reaching the $100 per month goal will help to make the podcast a weekly show, which we'd, which we'd love to do because our episodes, as you can probably tell, go for longer than what we aim for because things happen and we want, we Sorry. like to talk about things. <laughs> no, we all do. We all do. I think we got to you when, like after about 30 minutes because we are, we also had our things yeah, we're talking yes, about. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's been a Yeah, we, we it's a long one this. It's one. been a yeah. it's been a fortnight, that's for sure.
2: We spent a while on Mario Party.
0: Yeah. Which is funny as well because the uh well Nintendo just had their fiscal uh financial earnings meeting. And this is, there's a lot of information that have come from this. There's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of stats, a lot of numbers, but a lot of interesting tidbits that have come out of it as well. So um, in all of this, the Nintendo Switch itself, as of, what was it, the 30th of September this year, the Switch has sold 92.7 million units, which is pretty impressive. It's it was roughly to be expected around that number, but this is before the holiday period, and this also doesn't yes. include the Switch OLED sales because that yes. went on sale in early August. So that. So yeah, this would probably be bumped up quite a bit now. Yeah, exactly. Funny thing is though. Uh... Early October. Yeah, I think it was like 8th of October. It was yeah, cuz Cuz you said early August. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Early October. I was like, "Hey, <laughs> was October because I if it was August it would have been in the stats." Yep. My apologies. Yeah, early early October no. because it was the same date as Metroid Dread. 8th of October. There we go. Yeah. That makes sense. But they've also said moving forward that there's um due to the ships, sh- uh the chip shortages, there's going to be 20% less um less switches produced yes, so the superconductors like uh
2: problems are affecting everyone yep.
0: yeah yeah which is going to be well you could say it'll be concerning but i think they'll be okay no it, it's not concerning no
2: yeah it's like, like, they're still doing this much when there's like a superconductor shortage. yeah
1: yeah exactly nintendo will be fine <laughs> like if
2: like, covid helped them yeah
1: yeah, yeah like I th- I think the company who like is suffering the most from this uh superconductor shortage when it comes to the gaming industry would have to be Sony definitely. with like the release of the PlayStation Five, but like look at how well that has been selling. Like yeah. Nintendo's going to be fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I th- I think Xbox were like qu- Microsoft were quite smart with um less of it being about a new generation and more about being about Game Pass. I think they've yes. they've definitely. Um they've they've definitely kept themselves in a in a comfortable position because you know you can still play these games on your Xbox One or you can play it on PC. Exactly, that's that's the difference mm.
2: is you can still play them on the older consoles. Yeah.
0: Or even cloud on your phone. They're, they're Xbox games, they're not PS five games, PS four games. Yeah. So a lot of people aren't playing Which, Yes l- Like for example, Jake, you're not playing the new Ratchet and Clank game. Because you can't. I want to yeah, so bad. Exactly. You really want to, whereas Halo... It's
1: it's literally the only reason why I want a PlayStation 5.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you can go out and buy... um, You can get Halo Infinite on an original Xbox One.
2: Mm, Whether yes. it would run well. It might not run yeah. perfectly, but... You can.
0: So... Also,
2: you can probably
0: actually go out and
2: buy one of the new Xboxes now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're a lot more readily available. Because they're selling less, but, you know, they're still more readily available. Mm, yes. But anyways. Well, yeah, you know, there's less of a reason for people to upgrade. Exactly. Exactly. But anyways, we're talking about the, the Switch. So, it's I think it's less than $9 million away from outselling the Wii, which is pretty astounding. Which is crazy. Yeah. And so, what with the holiday period, the Switch OLED, um, I reckon the next financial year, it would have... Beaten the way I'm putting money down on that. Well, not literally, mm-hmm. but if anyone wants to take I on mean, the bet, you may as well. <laughs> you may as well exactly because it's almost a short thing, I reckon. And because there's probably at
2: least another two years out of the switch.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't put it as a as a note, but they are starting to talk about the new console. But they literally put twenty yes. XX, so yes, twenty XX. We know it's coming before no. t- the twenty second century. That's all we know. It's coming this century. Yes. Sometime this century. <laughs> Even the next eighty years. Next eighty years, that's exactly right. But Switch Software's also sold six hundred and eighty one million copies. Which software is a different ball game as well because it still sells after the new consoles come out.
2: It does. Yeah.
0: And I think Nintendo's well, I do know Nintendo for any console has never cracked one billion. So I reckon this is gonna change that. Yeah, yeah. Software sales have been really high. Yeah, it's a different ball game. As it's still a big
2: jump. Oh yeah, it's like was it sixty percent higher than what it is at the
0: moment? But still, mm. it's a it's a different ball game as well. to Switch because it's both their home console and their handheld line. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I think that's largely as well the reason why. Whereas a lot of times a home console would also have a handheld iteration as well yes which is you know eating into the software exactly so i think because it's combined i think it was almost inevitable unless it was a flop which people were worried about with the switch but Mm. it is clearly not so i think we're good there
2: as we're about to see when we look into these numbers for software
0: absolutely so uh 16 nintendo games selling over 1 million units i actually don't think that's correct though i don't think they're saying too much because arms isn't on the list and I remember, ARMS... which has sold over a million. Yeah, so take this all with a grain of salt. But the numbers that we are getting are accurate; it's just not all the probably games. Probably
2: because they didn't sell very many. Mm, could be.
0: Definitely That's could be. That's probably
2: my assumption. Because arms <laughs> at this point is functionally like getting you know maybe a hundred thousand a quarter. If.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not chump change or anything, but. Oh no, neat. it's not, but. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's not compared to like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, so that's at 38.74 million copies. Uh, it's yes. now the best-selling Mario Kart game of all time, and that's not even including the Wii U sales. Which are negligible at this point. Yeah, exactly. I think that was like 7 million, 7 or 8 million, so that's 45, 46 million in total. Which is crazy. That's crazy mm. numbers. But
1: yeah, isn't uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe actually being sold with the Switch now? Could that also be, like, bumping up um, the
2: numbers? Sometimes. It depends yeah. what... Like, a lot of... They do bundles with it, but not, like... I don't think you get it with the
0: Switch OLED. No, no, you don't. It's, uh... Yeah, you just get the OLED with that. But it, it, is, it is funny that you say that. So, the second game... Is definitely not bundled with any switch, and that's Animal Crossing: New Horizons at thirty four point eight five million. Except for the Animal Crossing Switch. I don't even think they're selling. I don't. Even... I don't think no. The game you can't good. buy them anymore. But like when that came out, that was the only way to you know get it in a bundle. But was it included in? Because I remember I Rochelle was... got Rochelle got it, but then she had to buy the game separately. Maybe not then. Maybe in some regions, potentially. But still, like, yeah, and you're right as well, they're not doing that bundle, and they didn't do that bundle for too long, like a couple of months. So 34.85 million has officially, and I love this stat, has officially outsold the Nintendo 64.
1: Wow.
0: That's crazy. I love that stat so much.
1: Yeah, like that game could not have come out at like a better time. And it's it's got the, uh, the update that's just come out. Yeah, well... Slash DLC. Have we talked about that? Oh, yeah, we have. We talked about it last time. Yeah, we have. Mm,
2: But, like, that's only just come out, so that might even boost more sales. Yeah, it's just (laughs) these weeks blur to me
0: now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, And, yeah, like, if celebrities were playing this game and posting about it on Twitter, like, you know, when when people couldn't catch up with lockdowns and everything, they were hanging out on Animal Crossing. they they had weddings, meeting greets on there? Yeah, they had meeting yeah, exactly. They had meeting greets, like celebrities. Elijah Wood came to people's um, yeah, islands. That
1: was the thing. Yeah.
0: Um weddings took place on Animal Crossing. Yeah. There were stories about that. Um political campaigns were being advertised on Animal Crossing. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was that it was a cultural phenomenon that like just no one expected. It was lightning in a bottle. It was, it was. It, it's going to be real hard to recreate that, but Animal Crossing is a, it's It's going to be a, it already was, you know, this big franchise for Nintendo, but just more so now. It's, oh, it's 100% solidified itself as one of the big Nintendo franchises now. Exactly, exactly.
2: They won't expect sales like this again, but. No. Again, this will do big numbers, bigger than it used to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even even other games like Ring Fit Adventure, so that's $12.21 million. It, it was a way for people to exercise at home. How's Here that going, Jake?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, it's a struggle, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> it's a workout. It's oh, definitely a workout. It is a
1: solid workout.
0: The only thing, and I've been experiencing this recently, the only thing about Ring Fit Adventure is it actually sometimes takes a while to get into it.
1: Yes, so it, yeah, it is
0: a time sink. Yeah, to get into the game. So, I would love to see a sequel that's a bit snappier. Mm. I suppose in like getting into I mean, you can do the quick workouts, but yeah, it, it kind of feels like cheating almost when doing it that way. But yeah, but yeah, like the fact that this has
1: 12 yeah, 12.21 million sales, like there's a good chance we could get a Ring Fit Adventure too.
0: I would say so. I'd be surprised if Nintendo didn't do... Like, I don't think any Wii Fit games sold that much.
2: I could be wrong. I mean, they used Wii Fits in
0: nursing homes. Yeah, 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 and that was a massive thing.
1: Yeah, but that's like one copy for an entire hospital. Wii Fit was
2: apparently 22.67
1: million.
0: Oh, okay. Wii Fit Plus was twenty one point one
2: three
0: wow okay maybe it's not surprising then that ring fits at 12.21 yep maybe it's disappointing nah it's still, I mean, it's, it's still impressive yeah <laughs> uh Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury at 7.45 million which is surprising considering it launched in February nine months ago which uh, I'm yeah. assuming has already outsold the Wii U version uh oh yeah I think that hit four or five million. I
1: honestly, I'm more surprised that Ring Fit Adventure has outsold a mainline
0: Mario game. <laughs> oh, it's been, that's impressive. It's been on the market a lot more, but it's almost Ring Fit Adventure has almost beaten the Wii U.
1: Oh God, we we say this every time. Is that really?
0: <laughs> is that really impressive? I just like saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Skyward Sword HD is officially the best-selling copy of or best-selling, yeah, best-selling copy of that game. So it's already beaten the Wii original version at three point six million. The HD version is that, so which came out the same day as uh, so Skyrim, which is
2: what three four days away.
0: Yeah, so this is Jul- Skyward Sword was July, I think. So this is only three point six million in three months. Yeah. Which is that's pretty impressive. Which is nuts for Skyward Sword, like a people were of a game. Yeah, people were ragging on this game online, but it just goes to show that that's yeah. a that's a minority in the grand. Oh, scheme the people of... who were ragging on
1: it probably also bought
0: it. That is also true.
1: Yeah. Well, like in the end, it's still a Legend of Zelda game. Like a bad Legend of Zelda game is still going to be really good. Hey, I like Skyward Sword. Yeah, no, Skyward Sword is good.
2: It's if no you Breath of the Wild, but... if you like the story like based games, it's good, yeah. If you like your open world, like you know, like the original style with more freedom of choice, mm. it's it's bad. It's just it's very linear.
0: Yeah, but I get what you mean, Jake. It's it's not one of the favorite Zelda games out there in mm. comparison to you know you know your Ocarina of Time's, your Breath of the Wild. It's all that. It's not regarded. It's not highly regarded as one of the best. So three point six million in three months for Scarlet Sword is nuts it's very impressive mm. but one that's a bit less impressive and uh, a bit, bit of a I, I expected this one to do more was new Pokemon snap it only 2.19 million
1: yeah it's just only 2.19 million well yes only.
0: I mean, well <laughs> yeah. it didn't come out that long ago <laughs> didn't it uh, that was April so yeah. cons-
1: that was that long ago wow
0: yeah it kind of makes sense but Skyward Sword had three came out three months later, and is wh- almost one point five million copies more. Yeah, and but this is New Pokemon, this is Pokemon Snap
2: might get a jump in um, Christmas sales. That is true. Because okay, Zelda Zelda fans tend to be older, Pokemon fans tend to be younger on average.
0: I don't know about that.
2: On average, <laughs> Pokemon is aimed <laughs> at ten year olds.
1: Yeah, yeah, but Call of Duty is aimed at like. You know, twenty to thirty year olds, and who were playing that? Twenty to thirty year olds who played it when they were ten.
0: <laughs> well, new, new Pokemon Snap as well is like a you know an evolution of a game that we would have played. Oh, I know, I know, but it's
2: also like it is a game where it's a Pokemon franchise. A lot of you know parents or grandparents were like, oh, it's Pokemon.
0: Here you go, yeah. kid. Yeah, that is that is very true. I'd be curious to where that's sitting next. uh financial which we'll yeah. get october yeah so the end
2: of december will be the next financial
0: is it december would it be yeah
2: it'll be end of december three year, uh, three months from september
0: oh right 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 so it'll be yeah yeah end of december and we'd probably get the f- we'd probably get that reporting in like early february yeah yeah that's about right um and lastly metopia 1.37 million Yay, the underdog. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely outsold the 3DS version.
2: I have to give this game, like, really big props for its Mii
1: Maker. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's insane. I I think that's the main selling point at this point, because, like, yeah, it's a very basic RPG, but, like, it's also technically a creative tool. Oh, yeah. It's also
2: a good streaming game, honestly.
1: Yeah. I should know. Yeah, it was fun.
2: You
0: yeah, know, you can you can add chat into stream.
1: <laughs>
0: I think a Tomodachi Life would do really well on Switch now. Oh, that game
2: was so weird. Yeah, that's why it
0: was. Yeah, we we need
1: that weirdness back. I, I as as dumb as these me games are, they're fun.
2: Like, oh, yeah, they're they a fun are. spectacle. But that, that they're a fun Tomodachi spectacle. Life was back. so weird.
0: It was great. I never played it, but I just love the videos. I, I played loved, it. I just love the when you're on the beach and then just like this big head comes out of the yeah out of the ocean. Yep, it was great. It's like night. It's like nightmare fuel. Things you would see in a fever dream.
2: Mm, that is that game in a no- nutshell. Basically, <laughs> it is
1: very Japanese humor. Yep, yes. I'll say. yeah, that's yeah. probably the best way to
0: describe it love japanese humor it's so bizarre uh, nintendo switch online is at 32 million subscribers uh caveat so with a caveat on that that doesn't it doesn't specify how many of them have upgraded to the expansion pack i know at least one person has because i did but that's it and the total number includes so that 32 million includes each individual members on family plans that so makes sense yeah, so it's not necessarily thirty-two million people have, you know, they're pa- they're getting paid thirty-two million times. It's just thirty-two million members. So it's if you if you rank about half of them, and let's for example let's say every family plan has maxed out, hypothetically, we're looking at twenty-four million actual subscriptions, which still is a lot. Which still is a lot mm. by all means, like that number that number is higher than the GameCube and it's about right on Nintendo 64 yep <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm, I would be very curious about what the numbers are for the expansion pack I'm hoping they share that next time I'd be very curious about that as someone who has upgraded and unsurprisingly is underwhelmed you know what else did I expect? It was nine Nintendo sixty four games and Sega Mega is Drive Badger, games. Is out yet? Or nah, nah. That's that's a later one. But they haven't given any dates for future games, which is it's, pretty it's underwhelming. Something
2: for like you know younger people to be introduced into those
0: games though, hmm. and those games are hard to go back to. They don't. Yeah, they... I don't
2: know why people love Mario Kart sixty four so much.
0: Yeah, it's, it's... It's not
1: great.
0: It's nostalgia. <laughs> I didn't know why people liked it back when it was new. Well, I mean, I, I loved it. Dash is good, though. Yeah, that one is good. I liked 64 when I was growing up, but yeah, going back to it, it's definitely not the ideal Mario Kart to be playing, for sure. And I played Sin and Punishment for the first time, and I was just like, ah, it's not great. Probably great back in the day, but it's not now. We just need Banjo-Kazooie on there and we're good. That's it. I just want to play my Banjo-Kazooie. And Paper Mario. <laughs> mm, Paper Mario. There's, there's, there are some games that age well on the 64 and other games just don't. Yeah. Uh, and then there was... Nintendo shares stats around the ages of annual Switch players. So this I found quite interesting. There's a graph of this, which I'll probably put in the, in the video version, but... The So the age peaks at 21, so and it really spikes at 21 for some that reason. That is a big spike. Yeah, it's real. Oh, yeah. It's just like, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. It's bizarre. And the pro- most prominent age bracket is between 20 and 35. So Which makes are, sense. We are right smack in the middle of that age bracket. That makes Which, sense. Yeah. So, obviously, still being played by kids and, you know, adults as well. you got some there. But it's quite interesting that, yeah, this age bracket, because I suppose we grew up with games as well, you know, back in the... It was more prominent in our teenage years. Oh, yes. so I That's why there's hassle. still there's that bit of a jump at 30 as well. Yeah, because that would have been Super Nintendo, yeah. very prominent. Yeah, yeah. So that was I just I just found that quite interesting. I I, I like
2: seeing the uh, the dip from about like 11 to 16. It's yeah. like oh I'm too old for a Nintendo and then it jumps back in it's yeah, like I'm oh too old for video games give me a phone. <laughs> or you know they play PlayStation. Cuz it's, it's the cooler one.
1: Jake, you just called, it was. you just got called out then. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yes, it was the PlayStation is cooler than Nintendo. I said it. I said it on a Nintendo podcast. We're gonna have to kick him off, Alex. Ah, uh,
0: <laughs> I'll edit it out. It's fine. <laughs> I won't. And there, so N- Nintendo's president Shintaro Furukawa has also stated that they don't plan to solely focus on the Switch OLED moving forward. Um, in his words, they. All three different models cater to different needs of customers.
2: Which is so fair.
0: It is fair. Some people were saying that, and I think you were saying this, Nathan. You probably saw the standard Switch model being phased out with the OLED. Yeah. So it's quite surprising that that isn't happening. And from from one like from one school of, from one train of thought, but yeah. it makes sense that the Switch then the the basic Switch model got a price decrease. But not in the United States. That's not that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that that's weird. Yeah.
2: Also, the Switch expansion pass being more expensive in the US, which is
0: where all the outrage for it is coming from. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange. North America is definitely getting shafted a little bit, but then again, they get most things better. So yes. It's like when you it's like a spoiled child almost. And I'm am sorry if you live in North America, um. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Brian, <it's>, yeah, <laughs> Brian and uh and Dylan. Dylan, yeah. But like, it it is almost like that because North America they do have it quite easy when it comes to pricing in video games. They complain about it a lot, but like in the grand scheme of it, unless unless you live in North America or Japan, the prices are gaming is a very expensive hobby. Yeah, we're looking at like
2: the basic game prices. $100, $110 now.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it goes, it's. Yeah, th- not they, cheap. they were
1: complaining, it's like, oh, $60 to $70. Oh, that's balls. While we're over here, it's like, oh, it's going to be like 110 120 It's like, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool.
0: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so it kind of makes, you know, it's true on the other foot there, but, you know. Through. I'm walking our shoes. Yeah. <laughs> through fear of losing subscribers i'll stop there um and we'll send it out. yeah all that too we'll see how i go i'll listen back to it i'm like oh shouldn't have said that so that's that's pretty much well that was all the that was the most interesting stuff that i found from all of that we'll move on to uh the metroid series producer yoshio sakamoto hopes metroid will be turned into a movie someday
2: which I actually saw something from Nintendo recently, saying they want to do more products as movies.
0: Yeah, it was like they they're investing. It was like was it fifty billion yen? Yeah, a lot. Which is like yeah, like five hundred million or something, some ridiculous number uh, like that. Fifty billion is five hundred million. Yeah,
2: yeah, roughly.
0: Yes. So they want they want to develop like invest in other. Um, Not just video games. I think it was like one billion was in video games, which is still their core market. Um, But yeah, it was about five hundred million in other stuff, which isn't necessarily movies. It could be, you know, Lego and um, like Super Mario uh, Bros. Super Show. (laughs) Nah, (laughs) maybe, maybe not. (laughs) When are we getting
1: that back? Get Captain N remake? (laughs) 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 Oh, but who who would replace Captain Lou Albano though? couldn't Rest in peace <laughs> go to hell before
0: you die <laughs> he was a character he was a character he was a character yes <laughs> a great but character. metroid the series has been t- has been it's been you know talked about for years and years about turning it into a movie and it's the one that makes like suppose kind of sense um but also it to me it would just seem too much like like an alien ripoff like, yeah, I don't know what else you could do. That was my
1: immediate thought.
0: Yeah, because it was so heavily inspired by that movie when it was originally created back in the day. And I don't know, there's not... And Samus doesn't really talk. But then I guess Mario doesn't really talk. So, unless you plan on getting Chris Pratt to play Samus Aran. <sighs> Chris Pratt is already
1: playing Mario and Garfield. <laughs> Please. <laughs> can can we not? He
0: can play whoever he wants. <laughs> Uh, I remember when he was just on Parks and Recs. Yeah, I know, same. And he was chubby. chubby. Yeah. (laughs) But I I don't even know who you would play Samus Aran. I mean, everyone says Brie Larson. But I don't really know who you could have play Samus Aran. Maybe a new actress. Yeah, it could be. I mean, there are many actresses, you know probably looking for work so yeah. you don't have uh, to go like,
1: if if a metroid movie does happen my real concern is like just the script yes because yeah la- last time samus actually got like a proper speaking role in anything is metroid other m and oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's when
2: like we it's talked about last about. week, um, Samus is a badass bounty hunter at this point. She's hardened and they're going to go for more of a, you know, I guess family friendly touch because it's a you know, Nintendo and, you know, touchy feely,
0: mm.
2: but which that's kind of against Samus as a character.
0: Yeah, it, it would not be an easy adaptation.
2: A good way to adapt a thing would be Legend of Zelda. That's your generic fantasy. And you can do any iteration of them because they're the same characters that, you know, come back over time uh, time
1: and time again. True, but, like, at, at the moment, I think, like, fantasy movies are kind of being pushed to the wayside mm. now that, you know, like, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and all that has just done its thing and now superheroes are, like, the major, like, money makers.
0: I don't know. I mean... You've got the new Lord of the Rings uh, Amazon Ring. TV show. You've got, yeah, yeah. well, in games, yeah, Elden Ring. Uh, you have The Wheel of Time being turned into a series. That's becoming a thing. The Witcher.
1: Yeah, The Witcher's done pretty well.
0: Yeah, that's a TV show as well. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think my mind is just so heavily set in, you know, just theatre sales. That, like, I, I don't think of, you know, streaming. like, streaming stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, movie streaming sales and stuff. That's a good point. Well, I'm there were rumours... <laughs>
0: <laughs> there were rumours about that Netflix um, Legend of Zelda show, and then it got pulled because it got leaked. Oh, right, yeah. That
2: doesn't even make sense.
1: I forgot about that. It's just
0: Nintendo being
2: Nintendo. I mean, there's the uh, Legend of Korra... Netflix show coming Which is Concerning Because <laughs> the creators Have ditched the project Oof
1: Oh that, that's always A good sign yeah. yeah
2: And then you've got A One Piece live action Coming on Netflix
0: No I didn't know about that
2: Yeah but Oda's actually uh, Doing You know He's You know Hands on in it From apparently From what I hear He's actually You know Endorsing it
0: Okay Gives me a little bit more hope, but... Yeah. How are they going to do Luffy stretching arms in a live action? It's just going to look... CG, easy. I get it. Like, I I know... <laughs> to answer my own question, I know how they're going to do it. It's just...
1: <laughs>
2: how good will it look is the yeah. point.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't really like that. But yes, there is a One Piece live action coming. Great. I have nightmares tonight. Um, Shin Megami Tensei Five. Reviews are up, giving a Metacritic score of 87. So it's doing
1: okay. It's giving me Persona 5 feels. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I will. St- like, I know where you live. I will strangle you. Fight,
0: fight, 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 fight,
2: I had to do it. I hate you so much.
0: <laughs> um, Jake, Because you- that was
2: in some of the reviews, wasn't it? I
1: was
0: about to say. Like, can you please almost, explain?
1: Almost okay. Okay, so, Shin Megami Tensei as a whole has been like very, very, very niche of a franchise. It's only really like exploded because of Persona Five just randomly doing so well, and like with with Persona Five doing so well, it is brought out the most obnoxious people like if they see anything like that has jazz in it or like if shibuya is in a video game or like the tiniest thing that reminds them of persona Fives like, like ah, i think they're just stealing from persona 5 or like hmm this seems very inspired by uh by persona 5 this is giving me persona 5 vibes <laughs> oh my god i hate it I hate it so much. Like, that happened when the, uh, the live-action, um, uh, Cowboy Bebop intro got shown. Wait, seriously? Yeah, seriously. Like, because it has jazz. It- it- it, because it- it used the original, you know, song from, like, the original anime. And, yeah, and since it's jazz, it's like, this is very Persona 5-esque. It's like, Shut up! oh my god i hate you <laughs> so yeah and shin megami tensei 5 is that because it's the main franchise that persona spun off of so everyone is just saying it's like it it's it's like persona 5's edgier old brother <laughs> please please
0: i feel for you guys
1: I mean, feel for more for Jake. I just enjoy it. It's it's just these these, these people annoy me so much. <laughs> like at, at least Atlas find it funny. Yeah, Atlas find it uh, find it funny because like they uh they posted on their Twitter like uh what was it that they posted? Uh, I put Wasn't in- it
2: like yeah. the tw- trending Persona Five? Alongside- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Tre- <laughs> trending in United States. Persona Five trending with Shin Megami Tensei. And they posted getting real Shin Megami Tensei vibes from this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so like, at least they find it fun. That's good. <laughs> you gotta like stare into the uh, stare into the slide.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> they they've always done that. Like they're still like the biggest, uh, like the biggest uh people just showing off that uh, uh, also starring Dante from Devil May Cry. You know, meme, because <laughs> because they started it. That was Shin Megami Tensei three that was plastered on. Yeah.
0: amazing. <laughs> but and they so just the game
1: dive into the, it.
0: Yeah, the game looks really good. Like from from a review standpoint. As long as you have yeah, hundred hours I, uh, to dive into
1: it. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to review it when it comes out next week. You
0: lucky people getting it early. <laughs> I know they gonna really early. I did not expect reviews that quickly
2: uh i mean when we got previous atlas games it made sense because we got it like two months in advance yeah lucky true that
1: was i'm 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 still so jealous of you nathan like before <laughs> i walked up he 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 got persona 5 strikers two months before the game came out and like every day he was flaunting it in my face i'm
0: just like <laughs> want it i want to play it so much that's right, because that was, yeah, that was provided by five-star games, because it was actually yeah. published by Atlas. So this one being published by Nintendo, yeah, they're a bit... Mm-hmm. Nintendo gives it to us the day of. Nintendo being Nintendo. Yeah, they're going to give us codes to massive RPGs on the day. I thought, well, you're not getting that review for a while. Yeah, Jay's going to be out of action for a little while. But you can give us early impressions on the podcast. I
1: could. You That'd could, but will do you? An early
0: impressions video.
1: <laughs> but will he? Watch, watch me binge it so hard. I have, like my first impressions. It's like so. I finished the game. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think
2: that's one we will
0: need to do a spoiler cast on. Mm. It took me m- more hours than what was actually in the Fortnite, so I broke the space-time continuum. That's gonna be you.
1: Yeah, I, I decided to create a time machine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Better get started on that now. Then. Uh, yeah you're
1: right mm-hmm. Oh, Where am I going to get like, uh, Mini conductors now with that shortage <laughs>
0: oh, Damn it Just Replace it with a flux capacitor you'll be fine
2: But that's the thing You'll be ready because you would have travelled back in time At this point So if you're not here in 5 seconds And we don't hear a second voice of yours We know it didn't work
1: uh, But that takes too long
0: Okay it didn't work Nah. <laughs> nah, nah, it didn't work I was really hoping you'd just repeat that sentence
1: <laughs> Damn nah, knowing, knowing me, it did work I was just too lazy to come I, nah, I was too busy like,
0: playing Shin Megami Tensei 5 check we fixed yeah. the time
2: machine It's ready to go It's like, I'm playing Shin Megami Tensei 5, leave me alone Yeah, I'm in a boss battle, leave me alone
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> Leave me alone, I just found Mara <laughs> I didn't get that one He's a giant penis on a chariot. <laughs> it's a demon. Sure. He's
2: not wrong. He's hundred percent not wrong. Sure.
1: They they literally put uh, put up the trailer for it like yesterday. Where is it? I'll, I'll put it in the Discord. <laughs> Delightful.
0: Like, do I have to? Do I have to censor that or? <laughs> it's that's in the true, game. Like, that, well, that's right. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, Nintendo managed to remove the ban on GoldenEye 007 in Germany, which hints at the game potentially coming to Nintendo Switch Online. That's pretty cool. Oh, hey. Yep. I mean, going back to play GoldenEye 007, we've talked about that before. Maybe not. I will probably hard pass. But the fact that, like, because it's GoldenEye is such a... It's, it's there's such a story around it where it's like there's a stig well not a stigma it's it's like it is so hard with licensing that game yes. even while they're making that mm. game it was next to impossible but then it became such a big thing and they couldn't even make a sequel out of it Perfect Dark came about yada 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 but like the fact that they can even that they you know they, they removed the ban in Germany that's decent science and Nintendo are doing some weird things like, just turning back the clock on some interesting things. So, nothing more to say on that. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. And last bit of news. I realize I've re- read out every single news piece this time. It's been hogging it. Um, why not? Why not? You, you
2: got kicked out last uh, last podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, to hell with it then. Yeah, it's all mine. My- <laughs> Uh, Masahiro Sakurai can't see a path where Smash Brothers is produced without him He and Nintendo have tried before and it apparently Didn't go so well Which is concerning Very concerning Just let him rest please But they tried to let him rest and it didn't work The the concern is he's going to
2: need to Train up someone
0: Well that's that's exactly right I mean it's been done with other Series like Mario Yoshi, or, um, What's his name Zelda yoshiaki well. koizumi yeah so mario yoshiaki koizumi um who has worked on zelda as well um so he's kind of kind of taken a helm on that zelda um i can't even remember the guy's name now but yeah there's a new executive producer on that executive producer or director i don't know um but yeah there's there there's a new head of that so with A. G. anumi's kind of like um kind he of like mentoring back. him yeah Yeah, exactly so there that's happened a lot but it doesn't it looks like smash brothers is a bit harder to do
2: i mean the amount of dedication he has to put into it to the point where he can play two
1: controllers in one hand each yeah it's very impressive
2: probably better than all of us (laughs)
1: like yeah yeah the guy has been killing
0: himself to make these games i might get i might get a little um uh, castrated from this, but is it? And th- this is this is my thought with this is is it Masahiro Sakurai? He can't, um, like he can't see a path, like he can't see a path because like it's difficult. Or is it to the point where he's such a perfectionist that if that. yeah that if yeah, anyone tries yeah. to do it it is slightly against his image, so then he dislikes it. And it's like no, nah, I'll just do it. So it's. Yeah, Sakurai, like, you know, no disrespect to him, he's he's an amazing developer, and obviously a legend in video games, but is it to the point where he just can't let it go?
2: I mean, is- I know he's not going to be working on Smash for a while, because he said he's like, I'm taking a break, um, um, how many times what- and times he said that? he wants to uh, work on something else in the meantime,
0: which I'm like, please go back to Kid Icarus Uprising. You, you know he won't and that's the thing because he hates sequels i know he's always gone on a record saying he hates sequels he got burnt out with the yeah. kirby franchise and he didn't want to do kirby anymore he didn't even want to create he, he was like fine with the second one but then after a while it was like a you know almost a biannual thing like every second year there was a new kirby game and he got sick of it and then kid icarus and then he's like i don't want to do a kid icarus sequel it's just like he, he likes just working on one and done thing one and done to be, be fair, it came out nine years ago, almost ten at this point. Wow, that went quick. Yeah,
2: nine and a half years ago. Oh, that's scary.
1: Oh, uh, we're old.
2: Yep. Uh huh. It came out in 2012.
0: <laughs> Remember, the world was supposed to end in 2012. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Remember, the world was supposed to end in uh, Y2K.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, that was funny. Life is weird. <laughs> Life doesn't end. What's what's that? Nostradamus. That's that's the name. He's got to be. He just needs to be right once. Yes. And then everyone will say he's he can see the future. He can predict yeah. the future. Yeah. Like Simpsons.
1: See, th- th- this is why people think the Simpsons can predict the future.
0: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they they, they make so, so many jokes. Stuff. Yeah. So many jokes. One of them's got to be right. Yeah. And it's like leaks as well. You know when when people are saying. Like, you know, there's a Nintendo Direct coming up. You know, you just got to be right once. But that was all the news. We didn't really actually say too much on Sakurai, but anyways, that was all the news. And moving on, we've got the indie roundup. So in this segment, we like to talk about upcoming indie titles, whether you know whether they're popular titles that um, are coming up and we want to want to talk about, or whether they're just ones that we um, think should have more attention than what they're currently getting. So first up, we've got from Team Seventeen this one's Epic Chef. So I'll read out the little blurb for this one: Get ready for a tasty blend of life sim, crafting, and cooking chaos. In Epic Chef, you take on the role of Zest, who must embark on a culinary journey to farm, craft, and cook his way into legend. Neat. Mm. Yeah, this one, this one does look really cool. Um, very much. It's almost kind of like uh it's like There's a okay, cat girl.
2: <laughs> right on the front, like there.
1: Yeah, there is. Yeah, people are going to buy it just because of that. yeah You know let's not kid ourselves
0: <laughs> so that's it this cat girl wrap it up let's go yeah chip it but it's also it's kind of gives me more of like an adventure version of stardew valley and overcooked and i hate doing that like comparing it to you know other games but it just kind of seems like it encompasses it's, all of those things
2: it's the easiest way to explain to someone who can't like you know visually see much going on it's like okay this is the best comparisons and they're you know very well-known games so it makes mm-hmm.
0: sense yeah it's yeah, why exactly. people and...
2: use comparisons all the time
0: yeah that's fair but i don't know it it, it looks like uh I, I don't even i don't even know it looks like it can either do really well or not or mediocre but if if it can pull off because it looks quite ambitious i guess is the word i'm looking for
2: hmm
0: like, it looks like open world. It might not be open world, but it does say, oh, no, actually, explore Ambrosia. You are free to explore all that the city has to offer. So, open world. But it looks quite ambitious, so I'm very curious to see how it does. But if it can pull off everything that it's trying to do, I reckon that could be a could be a sleeper hit there. So there's that one on the 11th. In addition to that on the 11th, there's Treasures of the Aegean. I think i'm i think i'm spelling uh, pronouncing that correctly so what happened to the Min, uh, minoan, minoan civilization thank you minoan yeah. civilization joined parkour master marie taylor and treasure hunter james andrew in a historical action thriller as they unveiled the secrets of a forgotten kingdom which has been tragically trapped in an in an endless time loop explore a beautifully hand drawn non lineal open world recover valuable relics chart a lost island and gather new clues in every loop to complete an ancient prophecy solve the riddles and mysteries that angered the old gods on your quest to prevent history from repeating itself forever
2: so if you're unsure of the Minoan like um you know civilization it's the isle of Crete so you know it's it's that greek mythology early early greek mythology so you got your you Minotaur in there, you've got Medusas, like statues and all this. So if you like your, you know, Greek mythology, this is something definitely worth looking into.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's all... Um, so you're looking through the ruins of things, so it's very much... It's set in a modern day. There's a guy with a gun in one of yes. the screenshots. He, sh- <laughs> he sure does have a gun. Yeah, he does. Uh, but... In addition to that, so yeah, it's you're you're exploring through old, uh, almost almost well, very much run down ruins. In a two D platformer, but still open world two D platformer, so it almost more like a Metroidvania, I want to say. It yeah, probably has I get that. Metroidvania. Yeah, Metroidvania. So Especially the open world story. aspect of it. Yeah. I was thinking Slide.
2: a a two D platformer um, Tomb Raider.
0: Yeah, yeah it's that's got actually that, a an ancient comparison.
2: history kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And guns. And gun <laughs> with guns. <laughs> Can't forget the guns. Also the main character has that look. Well I don't know if they're male or female, it's really hard to tell.
1: I think that's female. Hmm.
0: Or well, non binary. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, you got Venus Improbable Dream. This one's more of an anime visual novel style. That needs an age verification.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, interesting to (laughs) see. It's always interesting to see an
0: age verification when looking up a visual novel. Yeah, on Nintendo website (laughs) as well. (laughs) Yep. Mm -hmm. So help a troubled young man overcome deep personal fears and self-hatred to restore hope to his life. Born with a birth defect that he despises, Kakeru struggles with severe anxiety and depression. But when he's placed in the after-school music club as an attempt to coax him out of a shell, a world of new possibilities is reopened to him. It's here that he meets Fujiwara Haruka, uh, Haruka, a disabled girl with a shy disposition and a gift for music. As the two of them begin to connect, Kakeru remembers what it's like to yearn for friends, to be confident in himself, and most importantly, to have a dream.
2: Now, this sounds like an interesting story, but damn, did these backgrounds not look great.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, so some of them have a very... They're photos that have been edited? Yeah, yeah. yes. Some of them do look like they're actual proper photographs in the background. Yeah. mm. Whereas others look like they're hand-drawn, like a very, like, kind of crudely drawn almost. Like a teenager. a yeah. Yeah, so I'm very curious as to how that art style develops and evolves. Like maybe when you're in a certain, I don't know if it's all from the same perspective. Like maybe when he's in a certain mindset, like he's all depressed, maybe it comes out as cartoony, and then yeah, maybe it's not. Like maybe different kind of um, situations. I have no idea, but it's it's very curious. I'm very well, curious about. Yeah, I just it.
2: found Naruto.
1: <laughs>
0: where, where?
2: In the uh the one with the where the girl's holding your hand with the books. It's on the the shelf like the um like the rack opposite her face.
1: Oh yeah, I see it. Oh I can't see it.
0: <laughs> where?
1: Look for the blonde and orange. You can have Okay, so there is there's a red book to the right. Look up. Oh colours oh yeah
0: oh, right. right colors <laughs> damn it <laughs> okay um, the one the one where he's in the library where you're yeah. in the library and you're looking yep. at the girl if The girl looks like
2: she's holding your hand yeah the the first
1: screenshot Oh so, the first
2: screenshot Is the first screenshot? no yeah first screenshot yeah because it's
1: not there oh there he is yep yep there he is there's naruto we found him copyright <laughs> it's
0: like where's wally <laughs> or where's naruto That was fun.
2: That's going to be uh, showing you... Uh, okay, zoom in and it happens yeah. <laughs> while we're talking about it.
0: Pretty much. Yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, so that is uh, November 12th. This last one, uh, Grow Song of the ever tree. It's confirmed... Well, saying it's, it's not on the Nintendo website yet, but it is confirmed for November 16th. And this one is... So, another... Very much a farming sim type of game, uh, published by Five Hundred Five Games, which do a lot of um, these kinds of games. But over time, the world of Ilaria faded. The Ever Tree, where many worlds res- where many worlds resided on its countless branches, is now nothing more than a sapling. Its splendor long erased from memory. No one knows how to make it grow. But you are different. You hear the sun as it slings across the sky. You hear the language of rain against the earth. You are the last of the Everheart Alchemists, and it is your ancestral task and privilege to care for the Evertree. So this one, uh, I mean, the game is quite beautiful.
2: It is very, very good uh, looking.
0: Yeah, it is. It is very nice to look at, mm. and very um fantasy in a more like fairy tale yeah aspect. I'm almost getting kind of um did any of you guys play kingdoms of amla
2: not yet
0: yeah.
2: isn't that on the ps like plus for free at the moment
0: it, it's on everything i
1: i believe so yeah i well, well that's the the re-release of yes. it but yeah re re reckoning i think Re-re- Cham- they call yeah so it.
0: re-reckoning yeah it is on switch as well kingdoms of amla but anyways that kind of fantasy uh like fairy tale fantasy Yes, yes. is what I'm getting from here. Bright, and... colorful fantasy, which has a city builder aspect to it. From the looks of it, yeah, which is almost which is top down. Like it goes into a top down, which yep. I quite like because sometimes when you're when you're in a third person perspective and controlling a character, it can get very um. Oh, it's so cumbersome. hard to do that stuff. Yeah, like mm. like Animal Crossing, it can get hard to do that, and that's why they did the Happy Home Designer thing, where it's a bit easier now. It's almost uh, Sims like. Yes, yes. Happy Home Designer is very Sims-like. Yeah, so it's, and I like that this game simply adopted that from the get-go. It didn't want to try to a whole third person trying to Any rearrange kind of things. Ladies? <laughs> I think we're watching the trailer at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we must be. <laughs> I just saw the bearded lady, <laughs> so that's always nice. But yeah, that one is confirmed for Switch on November sixteenth. Whether it gets a delay on Switch, hopefully not. But it's saying November sixteenth, and I hope it does because that game does look really cool. But moving on, uh, we've got a Patreon question. So this one you can uh, submit us. So every every fortnight, couple of days, or a day before the before we record the podcast, we put out a little call out for questions. So. By all means, you can ask us any question you want. We'll look to answer it on the podcast, Twitter, Facebook, on our Patreon, of course. Um, Yeah, there's multiple different ways you can ask us questions. But uh, so this person, uh, written as some random internet user, thank you, Nathan, um, has asked for advice for an aspiring indie developer. So starting up, and I think it's more in terms of, is that more in terms of development or, because I have no idea about development. I was thinking, you know, how do you, like, apart from the development you know the how do you get your game out how do you get your name out and all that stuff mm. that's that's a good point and especially yes. especially in terms of nowadays as well like indie gaming being so prominent there are so many games like steam gets what 30 40 50 games a day
1: yes yeah something ridiculous and like that's that and yeah.
0: so you have to get your name out there exactly it's a, it's a drop it's a drop in the it's a drop in the ocean basically so Getting your, getting your game out is a lot of developers don't really like the whole marketing side of things because, obviously, that's... Well, that might not necessarily be their strong suit. So, you know, they're developers. They want to develop their game. That's what they want to do. So... So, I mean, there's multiple different ways you can do it. So, I mean, just getting the basics down. So social media is obviously a big one. Um, just trying to follow people on there, you know, Twitter, Instagram. They're your main two, uh, Twitter and Instagram, mainly because especially Instagram as well, it's very visual. So sharing photos, GIFs, uh, develop, like development updates is a big thing on there. Um, you'll also want to try email marketing as well. So I'm um, sending people updates. That's that's more what a PR agency can do. So press kits, getting getting these so when you start a when you start a social media channel, you what have like you'll start and get a few you'll have like fifty followers and whatnot and then you share an update. Sometimes that doesn't go really far. So you want to try To either reach out yourself to all different types of media outlets, like ourselves, you know we are one of them, but there are so many out there, and you know there are obviously your bigger names as well. So like your IGNs and whatnot. Whether they'll actually pick up your story is a different matter. But worst case scenario, they say no or they don't say anything at all. But you tried, and that's the biggest thing. You have to just put your name out there as much as possible. So yes, you only have fifty followers, but IGN, GameSpot, they have you know millions of followers. So that's where you want to advertise. That's where you want to advertise your game, is by putting the word out there. And even sites like Nintendo Life, NintendoEverything.com, they put news up on pretty much every game that comes to Switch. So any kind of acknowledgement of your game is going to be a big thing. And especially as well, it might not get too much traction, but try not to be too. Sometimes it's more about planting a seed as well you, you know, people might not click on the article itself, but people still will remember that game, if maybe even subconsciously. So then after that, someone might be flicking through the eShop or, you know, Steam page and whatnot and see your game and subconsciously remember that that is something that they saw and then they might click on it. And then from there, you've got that hook. But marketing is a, it's, it's a whole other can of worms. And it's something that I will be actually studying next year. And I do marketing work here and there as well. And obviously, there's a lot that happens with Switchaboo and whatnot. So that's that's pretty much to start off with. Get your get your name out there. Just use visual uh, visual cues and like something that's eye catching. Obviously, if your game has a hook, um, like you know, its own unique thing about it, you want to kind of steer in that direction. And like for example. Um, like, okay, we'll go back to Broken Roads. Like, I've, I've mentioned that earlier in this podcast. Showing off specifically that, you know, the moral compass. Showing that off specifically. What's unique about your game? And showing off the artwork and the fact that it's set in a post-apocalyptic Australia. You want to show off what is unique about your game. Not just, you know, here's, here's a platforming segment. You know, you need more than that. There's a lot of platforming segments. Every platformer has platforming segments. What's unique about your game specifically? So you want to show... I've
2: got a good example as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hypercharged box. When they first mm. came out, they uh, did a big advertising campaign up on Reddit. Like, you know, targeting, mm. you know, gaming subreddits and stuff. And that got a lot of people interested. And that's how I found out about it. I think, isn't that how I you found out about it through me? Wasn't it, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. And like, that is a really good game. And they've, they actually, you know, commented with people on there. Like, oh, hey, you know what did you like about the game? What do you need to know? Like, this is like, you know, we showed off our gameplay video to them, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, like, it get involved with people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing as well. A lot of people, develop, developers can shy away from that kind of stuff because, yeah, they're, um, they're, it might be nerve-wracking. It might be daunting to do. But yeah, Reddit is, and that's another thing as well, Reddit is such a huge tool for that. A lot of people gather. And the indie game community is very welcoming it's incredibly welcoming and with the pandemic as well there was like wholesome games if you if anyone's ever heard of wholesome games they do their own direct style format to just announce tons of games that are wholesome and that was actually i mentioned this earlier as well there was a game uh the gardener and the wild vines that was showed off in a wholesome direct and it got traction because of that so reaching out to anyone everyone Twitter is massive for that Twitter is massive to find those types of types of places but yeah I, th- I think I, I think I've rambled off enough and that's probably just the very tip of the iceberg but end of the day try not to be try not to be shy or you know that's easier said than done obviously yeah. sometimes especially you might feel as though a lot of people will judge you for your game but you'd be surprised honestly how welcoming the indie indie game community can be i think that's and you, if
2: you don't feel comfortable doing it get in with like a you know press team
0: yeah there are there Even are a pi-
2: smaller brand one
0: yeah there are PR agencies uh that that can help out with that kind of stuff and yeah yeah it does cost um you and you know they charge in different ways but you know if you don't sometimes, and you don't do the advertising yourself as well, you can lose out on the profit from that. So you you can make it back with that advertising.
2: That's why, you know, your biggest cost for most companies is marketing. It's getting your name out.
0: Yeah, 100%. But let's move on to everyone's favorite part of the podcast, and I do mean everyone's favorite part of the podcast. Again, marketing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm working on it it's um, name that game so this game uh, so I have a game these guys have to guess it they have 5 guesses to do so uh, I have 10 hints for them which I will read out one at a time they have 2 guesses between hints 1 and 5 2 between 6 and 9 and then 1 final guess after the final hint hint 10 they also have 2 lifelines uh, they have to ask the yes or no question lifeline first and then they can opt to get a Switchaboo lifeline, which is read out. This fortnight, I actually got um, a hint from Steve. Thank you, Steve. And thanks, Steve. Or they can it's trade. at time. Yeah, I know. Well, well, that's that's a big thing. Congratulations to Steve and his wife on the arrival of their first child. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Congrats. Big props. Yay. Uh, yeah, so he did he was kind enough nice enough to provide us with a hint for this episode. And they can trade in any of their lifelines these guys with another guess. Has never happened, but they can. And also no cheating. No looking on your switch, no looking on any search tools out there. No. Rats. Not not even ask Jeeves. We've we've covered everything at this point. Exactly. But so, this game launched on Nintendo Switch in 2019. The Switch version has a 90 on Metacritic. It is a Metroidvania. It was initially unveiled at E3 2014 and was the one more thing announcement in Nintendo's August 2019 Indie World presentation. Hollow Knight. No. I knew you were going to go for that. No.
2: <laughs> 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 Just cuz like I was like, okay, I know I know Hollow Knight is at least in that 90s range. <laughs> I knew you were going to go for that.
1: <laughs>
2: Axiom Verge.
0: Good guess, but no. I uh, think we've God. had
2: Axiom Verge, haven't we?
0: Yeah, it was that... Yeah. like one. No, of the we had Axiom ones. Verge
2: 2, wasn't it? That was uh, our
0: first one. No, I think it was the first one, because then James did oh, a story about Axiom Verge. Oh, yeah, Remember that's right. He, yeah, and that's how he announced it. That's how he yeah, got it. Yeah,
2: and Steve was... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. James was doing it. That's right. Yeah. And Steve did the, the clip hint.
0: I don't know how you remember that.
2: Because <laughs> it was the first one we did.
0: Right. <laughs> um, My so, memory weird like that. Some more hints. Was a platform exclusive when it initially launched in 2015. It was nominated for the Best Indie Game at the 2015 Game Awards. Won Best Art Direction at the 2015 Game Awards. And the designers were inspired by coming-of-age stories like The Lion King and The Iron Giant. That's
2: really-
0: Wait twenty nineteen. Hades?
2: Was that last year? No, that was last year. Which one was that, sorry? I was saying Hades was last year. Wasn't it? It was. I yeah, think that's was a Metroania though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, bro. Wrong yeah. genre, buddy. <laughs> I mean,
2: I was just, you know, one, you know, game of the like indie game of the year and stuff I was like mm. Again, genre we both don't play. <laughs>
1: yeah Hence
2: why I went Hollow Knight and he went Axiom Verge.
1: Yeah, those are the only two, like, big indie uh, Metroidvanias I like, know.
0: <laughs> Amazing.
1: Um... Oh, what's that game called? It's a Bloodstained. Bloodstained... A ritual of the Night. That's it. I was going to say Symphony of the Night. That's Castlevania.
0: <laughs> you want to go with that one?
1: Yeah, I want to go with that one. Ah, uh, No. Ah, damn. Hmm. I'm all out of ideas. Those are, those are really like the only
0: ones I know. Do you want me to read out the hints again? Yes, please. Launched on Nintendo Switch in 2019... Switch version has a 90 on Metacritic, so Metroidvania, was initially unveiled at E3 2014, was the One More Thing announcement in Nintendo's August 2019 Indie World presentation, was a platform exclusive when it initially launched in 2015, was nominated for Best Indie Game at the 2015 Game Awards and won Best Art Direction at the 2015 Game Awards, and the designers were inspired by coming-of-age stories like The Lion King and The Iron Giant which if anyone can tell me what the iron giant is that'd be nice
2: you haven't seen the iron giant okay
0: oh wait no i haven't okay um
1: like, i haven't seen the iron giant but i at least know what it is yeah oh, okay.
0: it's it clearly i'm the something. person
2: who did uh, bfg i think it's it's you know it's got the robot. It goes, "I am Superman." I am Superman.
1: There was a, a episode of Futurama that was you know parodying it, uh, about like right. instead of yeah the giant robot, it was Bender. All I ever wanted to do was kill all
0: humans. <laughs> <laughs> I could rewatch Futurama. Uh
1: <laughs> oh, um. Shantae games are technically Metroidvanias aren't they? Uh, no I thought they were 2D platformers I I, I think one of the like earlier ones is a Metroidvania
2: but is it a 90 on Metacritic?
1: Uh, I don't know hmm thinking and i got no idea yeah all all, all i can like yeah the only idea i have is like possibly shantae but like yeah those that's definitely more platformer yeah but 90 they they do have slight (coughs) metroidvania elements in them at least like Um... at least the one that i played which i think was pirate's curse (laughs) no no god it was it was a really old one I think it was like one of the like
0: original remakes. May I suggest a strategy? You could use your yes or no question as a guess and keep your for the first time and keep that guess for after you hear the Switchaboo lifeline. I mean, you never said that was available. I said you can I said you can use any yeah, of your y- lifelines y- as a guess. That implies you use it straight away. All I said is that you can use that as a guess. Do that, I guess? Yeah, sure. So you're guessing uh, which Shanto game? God damn it.
2: (laughs) Can you say we can save it for after the hint?
0: No, so you use your yes or no question as a guess... Yeah, so you can you catch save guess. it for after. No, so, th- so then you don't have to use your fourth guess. Oh, okay. So then you can use a fourth guess after the Switchaboo lifeline. It's less confusing than it sounds. Yeah, I uh, get
2: okay, yeah, So if we trade it in, we have to use it straight away. Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought,
1: but you know. <laughs> Which you take game? It's a thing. It's like, I th- I think only uh, Shantae and the Pirate's Curse is the only Shantae game I know, like, the full title of. I don't know if that's the actual one, so. I uh, gotta go with that. Is it Shantae's the Pirate's Curse? No. Yeah, I didn't think so.
0: <laughs> so, do you want to use the lifeline? Yes. <sighs> you sound so enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. I
2: mean, you know that's what we
0: want to do. I know. I'm just helping you get there. This game's sequel was nominated for Switchaboo's Game of the Year third-party release last year in 2020, but lost out to Doom Eternal.
2: So there's a sequel. You're trying to make me think like a year ago at this point, man. (laughs) Yeah,
1: see, you would actually know I wasn't here back then. So I didn't even realize Doom One. <laughs> I forgot. That doesn't help me in the slightest.
2: <laughs> it it implies there's a sequel, which is also good. Mm. That came out last year.
1: No. Nah, I mean. Vegas, I, I, I had an idea it was like uh, is it ori in the blind forest that has a sequel is that a metrovania it's like uh... i
2: don't know but like
1: I've yeah, never didn't...
2: played it so but i yeah, have the, no the, the, the idea the
1: sequel only came out like was it last year or this year <laughs> so i don't remember i don't yeah. think it's
2: this year otherwise uh it, it probably you know it would be on a game of the year list
1: like what yeah wasn't it like xbox exclusive for a bit though
2: I don't remember. Again, it's a game I've never played. I know it's, like, very highly rated, but again... Oh, yeah, same. Not a ge- I mean, it's it's highly rated, so I guess pick it, because it, it went 90 uh, yeah. score, so it makes sense. But, yeah, what was the name of the sequel, though? <laughs> well, we're going for the first game.
1: But he said it was a sequel... Oh, my God. No, no,
2: the, the sequel was the hint. He said the sequel of this game...
1: Okay. Okay. So right,
2: we're, right, right, we're right. guessing the first game, correct? Okay, I which got is confused. Blind Forest. I'm thinking. I don't know. Yeah,
0: or in the Blind Forest. So you're going with that? Yes. Correct. Oh, sh- <laughs> all right. Cool. You got it. The last hand. I didn't was... know that
2: was a Metroidvania. Yeah, it's
0: a I Metroidvania. pulled that out of my butt. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the last hint was that it was a Microsoft exclusive when it initially launched. Aha.
2: Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. See, that would make me think, like, the I thought the game played like, um, Limbo kind of thing.
0: Uh, oh yeah, definitely not. <laughs> no, is, no. that's. Again, I, I haven't thing.
2: seen anything off the game. I just like, I know it's like a very interesting story and like, it, and the look of the game kind of gives me that feel, but yeah. again, I've never played it.
0: Yeah, it is strictly a Metroidvania. Yeah, in in every sense of the word. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Just... I like that one because that 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 did take a lot of a lot of work, but you did get there. So those yeah, are always the so good happens. ones. I like it when yeah. you get it, but I like it when it takes you a while to get it. Not when. Not when we're sitting here for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm never gonna pick Hollow Knight. It's never gonna be Hollow Knight. I that mean, would be too easy. My... It might. Yeah, the next time I do it, I I gotta give you false sense yeah, you, of security. You're trying to fake like fake us out. It's a bluff. Clearly yeah. not working. Yeah. <laughs> but that is the end of episode 22 of the Switcherbe podcast. I actually, didn't go for as long as I thought, considering the. Yeah, how long playing. the beginning went? Yeah, yeah. So, I think we did pretty well there. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, Please consider following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So they're all uh, at Switchaboo, but Twitter is at Switchaboo News. We also have a Patreon, as we mentioned before. For just $1 per month, you can get this podcast two to three days early. So that's patreon.com slash Switchaboo. We also have youtube.com slash Switchaboo, youtube.com slash Switchaboo Joyplays. There's a lot. And you can always uh, join our private Discord. Well, not private. You can join our public Discord, uh, which is pinned to the top of our Twitter page. So definitely head there. Follow us while you're there, of course, but um, check out our Discord as well. You can ask us questions there or just chat to us. Also, to down- keep
2: an eye out. We might be uh, putting a call out for Game of the Year votes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're doing Game of the Year. So that's that's definitely in um in circulation at the moment. It's definitely in discussion. So definitely um reach out to us on Discord in regards to that as well. But thank you everyone for listening and remember to have fun. See ya. Bye.